Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Season 3 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of ComicBook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. And with me today, I have my regular co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What up? Janelle Wheeler. Hello, hello. And joining us today to sit in the fires that we are about to start is one of our Marvel experts on the ComicBook.com team. Mr. Adam Barnhart is with us again. Thanks for having me. And uh, first, before we get started, just some uh, showkeeping notes. So uh, last week, we we did our big uh, crossover episode <laughs> with our Phase Zero sister podcast uh, based on uh, Jim Viscardi's recommendations of uh, Disney Plus Day, which, uh, you know, kind of sold us up the river. But, uh, you know. Unintentional, uh, though. <laughs> I know, unintentional. But uh, that experiment uh, turned out well. Viewership numbers. Jim, yeah, doing good on that. But uh I thought it was some interesting feedback because it was the first time I think people of the whole comic book universe <laughs> got to hear both shows. Jim's <laughs> Got to hear both shows, uh, both Comic Book Nation and our sister show, our Marvel podcast, Phase Zero, back to back. And so we got I got all this interesting feedback of people just kind of really dedicated fans being like, hey, man, it was crazy to listen to both shows and to kind of hear both things and kind of hear both takes. Um, talking about Disney Plus Day. And so what it boiled down to is that Phase Zero, the best comment I think I got was Phase Zero is like the young hopefuls in the industry. While you, me, oh me, Matt, and Janelle are like these seasoned, cynical veterans of the in- industry. Like we're I will take that because I feel like I... No, no, no. Like... Let's but you know the it. industry, and you're more you're more cynical about the entertainment industry. I'm cynical? <laughs> How am I cynical? Has anybody listened to this podcast for three yeah, seasons? I I, I, my, okay, here's the thing. Yeah, I you feel like him. I'm kind of like, like Obama, right? it at the new high school for a while. But then <laughs> I'm kind of like Obama when like the gray hair, like you see it over the years, right? How like his hair kept getting grayer. Like I feel like I get more cynical as the show continues. Like every season, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit more, but I'm still not. And as Jim pointed out, I did hang garland. It is Christmas time in the South. Very festive. <laughs> yeah, Love no, it. it looks good, man. I got to, yeah, I'm slacking. I got to get started on, on my Christmas cheer as well. So but, props um, to Adam for the baby. What? In the background. Oh, the baby. baby. The oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not from the mama. Dinosaur. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. That was spot on. Did you voice the baby? Yeah, you did that a little too well. You're gonna, you're getting a meme out of this. You Not better be careful. Yeah, you're going to get memed. But uh, all right. So that was good. We're, we're the cynical seasoned veterans. If you want the young hopefuls, that's phase zero. We now, Jim, write this down for the branding department over there at the excellent Viacom CBS. Because when we need to, you know, market these things. This is what we gotta we gotta take these notes, but uh, I yeah, cannot so, believe that I'm that. That is like the one of my biggest achievements. One of us, right? Achievement like unlocked. <laughs> Janelle Wheeler, achievement unlocked. We're in my Marvel hoodie. We got hardened, this. <laughs> cynical industry veteran. Here we go. So now that is a great segue to say everybody's really happy right now about the Spider-Man trailer because oh. we got the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. I've seen the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home like the rest of you, and I came away with a question. And this being Comic Book Nation, under our new branding directive, we got to ask the question. Can this movie live up to the hype? So I've written about this. Adam is, like I said, one of our biggest Marvel experts on comicbook.com. If you ever get a chance, read his stuff. It's excellent. Uh, You know, it's thought-provoking, and, you know, he points out a lot of good stuff. um, That's a good pull quote. Thought-provoking. Yeah, it is. I mean, Twitter header. Someone make that graphic, please. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, I, I've written about how much you know. There's been this mystery over this film, right? All the rumors, all the mystery, all the buildup, and you know, seeing the trailer, I very much enjoyed the trailer. I'm not gonna. I didn't love it. Like, need a whole premiere event for it. Love it, but like, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's that's industry stuff. But um, I'm just wondering, like. Maybe it's just me, so I'm going to go around the room and throw this out really quick. But 
Can this actually deliver after all the hype and all the buildup and all the mystery and all the rumors and all the fan expectations? Even if we get like most of what we heard, will this still feel as satisfying of a film as it should be? Or do you think like where this is going to be one where the hype was too much for any film to possibly fulfill? Adam, you're the guest who's an our Marvel expert. Let's put you in the hot seat first. What do you so, think? So I don't think this problem's going to have, or this movie's going to have any problem achieving the hype, right? I think that's good. Um, I think what comes after will be the problem, right? How do you get bigger than this, right? Sony saw Avengers Endgame and said, hey, let's do that with none of the buildup. Let's get that magic. And they pulled <laughs> that's a great out, way to put it. They, pull, they pulled out all the stops, right? I mean, what could be any bigger than getting every single Spider-Man ever, um, yeah. plus all the villains, right? Now we have to look forward to, like, Chameleon or something, right? Like, how does it get any bigger than... than Facadiac! Go so facade and cardiac. That's your next combo. Right so, there. so I don't think, yeah, this movie is going to make so much money and we're going to still get Spider-Man, but where's Spidey go from this? Are we getting, you know, black suit symbiote Spidey or, or what? But I don't think, I think this, this movie will do all right, but it's just what comes next. That's, that's going to be worrisome. Let me just throw out a little thing for you just to follow up, Adam, because it's kind of relevant to what people are saying in the comments. This trailer, I mean, people have been dissecting this about how much intentional misleading and editing there is in this trailer. Do you think that there will they will use this? Because the rumors are they were going to have this big crossover. You know, we've seen the Sinister Six villains from the other franchises. They've set up this premise that these guys know they're going to die in Spider-Man thing, which is a hilarious, I think, meta thing that's hanging over all of this about Sony and what Sony's chosen to do with this franchise up until now. You know, like murdering the villains in every movie with which right. we all were in the 2000s. Like, I like this, but do they got to kill everybody? Like, you know, and kind of referencing back to that whole thing. Do you think we've also heard that obviously Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will show up despite all the ah, I'm not doing it and all that stuff, right. you know, that this is going to happen. Do you think because people have seen in the trailer, like the scene where Dr. Strange knocks Peter's soul out and does that whole thing. Uh, there's people dissecting that saying there's more web lines that are kind of grabbing that it's a fight. The three Spider-Man are with, or the other two Spider-Man are with him on this and like they're involved. Do you think they'll be in this movie more than just that finale? Kind of, we got, you know, the tease at the end, like third act. Oh, they're all coming through and it's Iron Man three all over again, where everybody and their mother shows up just to get like knocked out or blown up in two seconds in a massive fight. Like, I mean, I, I hope so, but I don't know. You know, I mean, we've we've seen the movies before. I'm not the biggest fan of any Spidey movies. I mean, Spider-Man 2, of course, but like uh, Homecoming, I'm sorry. I, I could probably sell Homecoming. I'm sorry, everyone. But I, I don't know. You know, there's, there's that one theory that it's going to actually be Andrew's Spider-Man that pops up out of nowhere for his Cap Mjolnir moment while, you know, saving... MJ because he couldn't save Gwen Stacy or something like that. That feels more undeserved than anything. You know, I mean, there, there's some plot lines that hopefully that will get resolved. Um, but then again, then we would fall into the trap of, you know, give Tom Holland his own Spider-Man movie after having Iron Man and after having Nick Fury and all that stuff. So where do you, what side of the equation does one fall on? Do you want plot resolution? Do you want Tom Holland to actually have his own damn movie? What do you, what do you want? So I, well, we kissed that idea goodbye a long time ago. Right. What the Tom Holland? Yeah. The Tom Holland get his own Spidey movie. Is, yeah. I mean, know. that's kind of the thing I also think about all of this is like, we have it in the questions. Like, where do you go from here? I think Adam brought it up. Like, I don't I think this is going to be harder for people because I think Tom Holland's first death scene was just a teaser for his real death scene, which is going to be like, I'm taking out my whole universe like I'm done with this because this kid. I mean, the feel has been out there. He said he doesn't want to be Spider-Man in the next decade of his life. Still, you know, he wants to kind of obviously move on and grow as an actor and do more things. And he's been just jumping around in this universe pushing himself and pushing himself to basically be a supporting character in his own movie series. Like who wouldn't want to maybe just move on from that? Because you, you you can't go back to just character focused, right? Like Adam said, we got to get bigger, crazier, better whole spider verse after this. So I think this could be a fold on Holland's whole Spider-Man, you know, corner of that universe gets folded out of all this because yeah. So mm, I don't know. I don't so know I if this thoughts. is going to be the best thing because I feel like this could go 
Iron Man 2 or Amazing Spider-Man 2 on us all over oh, again. God, which don't is, bring those up. Jeez. This is less of them. I mean, Marvel Studios tried to put some feeling into this, but this is really about the end of the deal of them propping up Sony's crazy idea for their Sony Spider-Man universe gig, right? I think Adam so, put it best that like I I had actually hadn't heard that comparison. And I think that's the best one I've heard yet of like this really is their kind of Spider-Verse endgame. Um, I have plenty of thoughts on this, but I want to hear from Janelle. Because I want to hear what she has to think, because I feel like Janelle is the most optimistic of us uh, <laughs> of this I of mean, this curmudgeonly crew. I just I just feel like we're beating a dead horse. We're just talking and talking in circles about hypotheses and what we think could happen. And I'm just like, I'm so tired of talking. I'm so tired of watching the same. I'm I'm I am sick of it. So I can't even imagine what like casual, like super casual viewers are thinking of this whole hoopla thing because I'm 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 honestly just like over it. I just want to see the movie and be done with it. I, I, like seriously, if Strange wasn't in this film, I would just kind of be like, all right, another Spider Man. <laughs> like I'm Spider Man's not my favorite. Uh, but I think Tom Holland, you're right. We've talked about a million times deserves as, you know, having, have more screen time to have his own story told. I don't know. I wish that we had some kind of origin story with him. They've only referenced his bite twice now, once in this, and then like with Ned a while back. Um, and we don't really have like a really big origin with that. And then like, I don't even, the, the, the MJ connection, like, I don't even feel like they've really focused on that. Like, I don't feel really invested in their relationship. And now they're throwing a bunch of Spider-Man, maybe. And all these You're villains. Kind of proving my point here. Yeah. Which is like, can this thing deliver? Like, there's so much this movie has to do. Yeah. Can it do any of it really effectively and, and, and pull it off and be a satisfying experience? I know the hype will get people into the theater and into the seats. Yeah, what I'm going to about is, will it deliver like on that hype? Maybe we should have titled this differently. Gosh, it would have if they didn't have to do all those delays. Like, right. I feel like it would have been amazing. But now it's like, uh, I just, I kind of feel bad for the studio and like just every, everything. It's kind of just, it, it's really hard to live up to this hype at this point. That's the I only thing I could. Email. That's the only tweet I put up about the trailer releasing. I was like, <laughs> I, I hope this thing lives up to the hype because I didn't know what else to say. Yeah, I agree with. I agree with you. Thank you for agreeing with me. It took a roundabout way, but you. Thank you for agreeing. With me. <laughs> I agree, but I agree with her wholeheartedly too. Like I, I agree with that premise of that. I'm actually not. I'm actually so like when Kofi was like talking about all the things, right? Like people think it's the there's extra web lines, and I'm yeah. sick of that. I'm sick of that. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care why he's doing it. I don't care. Like the, the other thing, like, I was just so over the, the just like constant. Oh my God. What if like, this is really like, what if the movie, right? Like it's all <laughs> just that. And I'm tired of that. I just want to see the damn thing. Yeah. And I also feel like, yeah, like a lot of this stuff that I'm seeing is, is cool. I, I'm excited to see John Cena, you know, punch lizard or whatever, right? Like I'm excited to see that. Uh that was a great that was a great reference <laughs> to that fan art. And nothing. That's a great reference to that fan art. Nothing. Um, but like I'm excited for for to see the three Spider-Man or two and a half or whatever. If You're gonna be excited right? if it's just two, really? Here's I would thing. be very I, disappointed. I'm not gonna lie to you. After seeing so many times and clips of Andrew Garfield being asked about this i'm kind of rooting for him not to be in it <laughs> i know I, I feel bad for him kind of want him to be able to give a middle finger to everybody i told, and go, you, I told so. you i yeah. freaking told you i wasn't in it stop Listen, asking me the stupid question well, and I, move on i wrote a piece on comicbook.com that was said you know people very quiet about this in responses which sometimes makes tells me more than i than than actual comments but um Ooh. Because one section of us was like, yeah, who is this fun for? Like, who is this mystery really fun for? Is it fun for all the people trying to, who want to now jump out a window over fan theories that they can't stomach anymore? Is it fun for the talent from people like Kirsten Dunst to, <laughs> to Emma Stone, to Andrew Garfield, to Tom Holland, to everybody having to go now an extra year dealing with this? Like, who is this? Who is this all fun for? 
Yeah. Like, I, I don't know anymore. I, I don't know. Maybe I spent too much time on lockdown, but I just, or maybe this is just a cynical show of industry veterans, as pointed out. Comic book nation. But um, yeah, we didn't really do anything to dispel that theory. Right. Yeah. That I'm going to see it. I'm going to be so happy to see it. I think it looks beautiful, but I'm tired of hearing about it leading up. Agreed. That's where I am, too. I guess so. Well, the good news is we won't have to do this much longer because in four short weeks, we will all know where we stand. And I might be back. And if you just see me back on this opening the show, eating a bag of chips or something like that, you you know. (laughs) That's my validation face, okay? Like I try to help people out and prepare people, but um, all right. No, now you know. Adam, we had you on for this segment. You want to have any final thoughts or uh, anything you want to plug about what no. you're going to be writing, Spider-Man related? Oh, uh, you know, I There's mean, there's a special part of this that I know you're real excited for. Oh, I know. That's the, and I was just going to say, I think my opinion on the whole movie hinges on Daredevil, so that's like invalid <laughs> anyway. So it's either yeah. the best movie ever or the worst movie ever. So we'll I see. mean, in some weird ways, see, Daredevil will be in this Spider. Movie will be more exciting than all the Spider Man stuff. Like, I mean, everyone wants to see Spidey and Daredevil on the same screen, right? And we can yeah. finally, finally. Get I kind that of agree with them. that. Yeah, I think that be, will be the biggest talking point out of that movie if, if that actually see. happens. But yeah. I, uh, I've already gone on so many rants, including on Phase Zero, about the Daredevilist trailer. So I'm all Charlie Coxed out. So sorry, Charlie. Oh, um, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I love talking Spider-Man. And uh, oh, we do have some Eternals exclusive uh, behind the scenes stuff coming to combo.com. There you go. See? So after you listen to this, we got uh, Marvel peoples. There you go. Boom. Eternals exclusives. Check comicbook.com, Marvel. And uh, as always, we have a whole Marvel podcast where you can find Adam and a whole bunch of our Marvel obsessed staff. You know, we try to be a little bit more spread out in our variety over here on the cynical show, but you know how it is. You guys, you guys have fun. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife, what's going on in WWE, some exciting new comics and a bunch of the other variety we got to sweep up in this catch all show. So be back with us, Comic Book Nation, in a minute. This is Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com, and we are back from break. If you missed our first segment, we just went in about Spider-Man, and uh, yeah, there's some emotions built into this whole Spider-Man release. We got a lot riding on this, man. Okay, so we'll be back to talk about that when it happens, or if anything more gets confirmed, or you know, all the fun stuff we can talk about official. So moving right along, today's show, we are going to be dipping in... Oh, Matt. <sighs> What We're talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, but Ooh. on the other kind of uh, spooky side of things, Matt is really excited about something that's going down on HBO Max. So why don't you do your plug? Because I love to push your agenda on this show. Wait, no, I'm not. I put it in here because it was big news. I don't care about Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm very excited. Janelle, Matt, bring, some, bring some light to this, I did, what? I did what I was supposed to do. No, Jay, it. you take it away. You bring some light to this. What's going down? Tell the Harry people. Potter's coming back, baby. Uh, we get to have a beautiful reunion special, I guess, an anniversary special. It's what the 20th anniversary and it's going to be a return to Hogwarts. Right. It's going to be on HBO Max January 1st, I believe. And uh, it's going to reunite a bunch of the stars from the movies. And I'm really excited about this. But the question that Matt put in the notes here is, would we rather have had a cursed child? Is it cursed child? Cursed child movie? It's like, I think it's cursed. Yeah. You think it's, it's your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, let's just talk about the reality of what we're signing up for here. So what we're playing is a very advanced, worldwide spanning game of Hot or Not 2022 edition, right? And how uncomfortable are we about it? Because, yeah, we're going to be seeing, like, how hot Neville Longbottom got, and everybody's going to be like, uh, I don't know how comfortable I am with all of this. That's and great. time to tap out. And that's what, and we're going to be like, oh, that one didn't come out so well. Now I'm still uncomfortable about, about all of this. So, wow, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, all yeah. Those things. That's that's what you picked up. Yeah, I I am. Look, I am excited. And when I say I don't care about Harry Potter, I don't mean like it's terrible. I'm just saying like I'm not the biggest Harry Potter person. I don't know a ton of people's names outside of like the main cast. Okay, um, but I do I do find it interesting that like I. It's one of those things where I know fans of a franchise, especially ones that are as dedicated as Harry Potter fans, or will like love the idea of having 
as much of the original cast together in one thing. Because we look at the Friends reunion, right? That did bonkers numbers. It was really well received. Fact. I assume it got a lot of new subscribers to HBO Max. So like this will do similar things. I feel like this will be well received. It's just one of those things where people have been talking about, well, do we want to see another movie with that original cast? And, you know, that Both. play. You're never going to get that. You Both are n- would be great. I, but that's what that. that's what you're going to hear, right? We were just talking about fandoms and like the ideas, right? So like it goes from here, you know, right after this is done, we then get a bunch of things like, well, could we could we see they had great chemistry still? Could we see the movie? Like, you know, it's the conversation is going to go there. So mm-hmm. I just wanted, I was curious to be like, is this going to be enough for the fandom? Yeah, I I wish it was coming out during the holidays instead of after just because it, you know, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people enjoy Harry Potter. They like watching it again during the holidays. It always goes on like, like, you know, there's all these cable networks that air it. (laughs) And I feel like it would just be really cool. Like the timing would be a little bit better. But other than that, yeah, I think you're definitely going to have a lot of people wanting more. I want more. I, I absolutely want both. And I'm really excited about this. I'll probably drink some wine and wanna... put on my Slytherin robe and have my beautiful little wand and <laughs> just I love that you have that in totally reach. stoked. Just in I do, reach. Absolutely. Yeah, it, she have... didn't even have to. Yeah, I know. Not like, let me come back in a second. I also have a sonic screwdriver. <laughs> well done. Wow, well armed. Um, yeah, uh, I just want them to make a good Fantastic Beast movie. That's that's my expectations for the franchise right now. That's it. Janelle, I have mine in reach too. Yes! Just to Look at it. So we can go. <laughs> what no. house are you, Richard? The producer flex. Gryffindor. Your Gryffindor oh, loves it. This is Harry's. Oh, you can't see. <laughs> well, Harry's. As you can see, we brought Richard's on Connor Casey. excited for it too. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah, this is all going off the rails. We brought in Connor Casey. We're going to talk wrestling in a second, but first, we'll just rearrange things real quick. But uh, we're going to let me just get this Ghostbusters Afterlife thing out. Um, yeah, so Harry Potter coming to HBO Max reunion special. Everybody excited. Janelle, really excited. Has wand in reach in case you want to know. So don't try no magical stuff. You might get a lot All right. Now, Ghostbusters Afterlife is out in theaters today. I seen it. I will tell you about it. And I will tell you that uh, it is a movie that has very much a an Amblin entertainment feel. Like it has an Amblin 80s feel to it. Uh, and it's a good thing. It's done by uh, Jason Reitman, who's done like Juno, Up in the Air, Young Adult, a bunch of stuff. Son of Ivan Reitman, who did the original Ghostbusters. So it's a very much an Amblin entertainment feel take on Ghostbusters using this young cast and... Uh, at the same time, it is very much also a love letter from a son to his father uh, and very much contains that that sentimentality of Jason Reitman saying something to his father, his late father, Ivan Reitman, through this movie. Uh, and by the time you get to the end, that is, I mean, just very apparent in no parent no pun but uh in in the kind of the way it unfolds and i think that the personal nature of it is both the movie's greatest heart and greatest weakness in a way because it kind of interferes it, cre- it creates a cross purpose you're trying to create a ghostbusters movie that kind of brings back the feel of ghostbusters you're trying to create this amblin entertainment thing that can use the kids as the protagonists and you're trying to do this very personal kind of father son, you know, personal work. And that sometimes it, it, it kind of trips itself up in certain places, trying to serve all those purposes. But the main cast, the young cast is actually really good. Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things We Know and McKenna Grace, who's been in like in a bunch of horror movies, who really does carry this movie as uh, Phoebe. Her name is is. They're both really good. Paul Rudd is can anchor things down because he's Paul Rudd. So the cast is actually really kind of funny and and really talented. And like I said, the Amblin part of it all, like you're watching Goonies and stuff like that, is is really kind of entertaining and and feels like those movies in the best kind of way. And when you get into some of the early ghost busting stuff and watching the kids kind of embrace that, that's a lot of fun. 
It's in the third act where things get a little harder to hold together. And I'm not going to drop any major spoilers or anything like that, because I know there are tons of Ghostbusters fans. There was one man who, I mean, he went full bore by himself in this screening last night with the costume and his working proton pack and everything. So no spoilers here. But um, like I said, trying to serve the dual masters of once you get the kids established, take that off the board of trying to make something that honors Ghostbusters, the the original franchise vision of it, but also do this love letter to Ivan Reitman. It, it gets kind of kind of tripped up. But um, overall, I think it is a solid franchise kind of kickoff. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know which one I would rather see continue if I had to pick one, this or the mid-2000s reboot. If I had to give one another shot, I don't know which one I would necessarily pick at the moment. Ooh, spicy. Yes, spicy. But um, you, You've made me want to see it more. I was already hyped for this. because No, like, yeah. And like that, I said. That duality of like the, the father-son story being what it seems like anyway from what you're saying as important as the kind of coming of age stuff makes me like that actually hooks me more like i'm actually even more excited to see more of that because i thought that would be a part in it but i didn't know how big that would be or how much of a focus oh it's a major part like yeah that's awesome um so yeah the whole kind of who these people are and and how they fit into the ghostbusters mythos is a major part and and like why why haven't they been like as deep into it until now is also a major part of it. And it's uh, good, but there's a lot of familiar, really fun stuff for fans, especially if you love the original film in our diehard kind of focused on that part of the franchise and not the later stuff. So that's Ghostbusters afterlife, uh, fun film, fun family film too. You like, it'd be good if you take the whole family. So, you know, you can check I'm that excited out for this one. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but yeah, that third act, man. <laughs> Also, we didn't talk about this with Spider-Man, but there's a whole thing that's happening now in movies and TV show. My wife and I just started talking about this, but and I wonder about No Way Home also is just how you shoot these things, because we're just in this age of movies where we're going to have and look at TV where we look back and be like, oh, yeah, that was a covid year where everything is shot in these weird ways, like Eternals at, at the end, where it's like whole spaceship here, but we're all just spread out. You know what I mean? Like. Because we can't be close to each other and we got to yeah. do it this way. So there's there's a bit of that when you get to these big third acts. And it's funny to see because you can't turn your brain off to the fact that like in another year, they would have probably shot this or done this or reshot this differently. But like, it just seems like anyway. So Ghostbusters, Afterlife, you know, that's that's that. So let's go to wrestling since Connor's here and he's been sitting waiting, waiting patiently over there. You know, if kind of, I mean, people love you in the comments. You got Tommy like, wrestling. Um, I saw that comment. <laughs> yeah, you got your own intro. This is like your intro music. All you got to do is appear on screen. People are like it's wrestling time. Um, well, remember that when you get your own podcast. So here, Connor Casey, Matt, take us away. What's going well, on in the world of wrestling this week? Uh, well, my curmudgeon crew. Uh, yes, I was listening to that first segment. Um, I am back. And you know what that means? It's time for more WWE releases. This uh, latest wave came last night. Uh, Matt was thankfully still on, so he took care of it for us. But it was eight wrestlers this time around. The names are in order. John Morrison, all three members of Hit Row, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, and Jackson Riker. The two big obvious standouts in this one were John Morrison. Uh, this is his second run with the company. Um, many assumed after his first and after he went out and worked for a variety of different promotions that he would come back and get a better shake this time. That did not happen. He went back to doing exactly what he was doing before, and that was screwing around with The Miz on TV. Then there's Hit Row, who was this very popular rap wrestling group. And I mean that very literally, Kofi. Like These guys did freestyles on their way to the ring. And it fantastic stuff and very popular down in NXT. People looked at these, this group and thought, man, this is a slam dunk. If there ever was one merchandising alone, this is fantastic. And have, one of the best entrance themes. And one of their members is a guy in uh, his real name is Shane Strickland. That's his, that's his better known wrestling name. He went by Swerve Scott in WWE. That guy, I had him circled as a world champion years ago. And WWE did not know what they had with him 
for the vast majority of the time he was under contract. It only seemed like in those last few months with Hit Row that they went, oh, hey, this guy is like a transcendent talent. Maybe we should use that. But no, he is the latest in the budget cuts. Uh, there's been a lot of reactions. You've probably seen John Cena endorse Drake Maverick after his release. He put out a fantastic video promo, so basically him arguing with himself about how this was never really the dream and how he is, he's got plenty left in the tank to do elsewhere. So I'm very excited to see what he does next. Like I said, two weeks ago when we had the latest round of releases, this absolutely sucks. Most of these people are going to find plenty of opportunities elsewhere. And it once again just reaffirms that it is really hard to get invested in a product when at any given moment, people you see on TV can be gone the next day. Yeah. And just after signing new deals, Hit Road just signed new deals. BFAB signed a new deal and was literally, what, seven days later? Mm-hmm. And she was in the last round of releases. was in the last round of releases. So they already cut the group down by one. And then they give them five minutes total probably of screen time over the last like two three weeks and then just go nope and it's just it it's sometimes like it's sometimes it gets really hard to enjoy <laughs> wwe because there are a lot of people still there that i that i love that i love watching and there are a lot of people like i'm a huge tegan knox fan like i that's such a bummer she's come back from three acl injuries And time and time again, it's like every time she was right there, it was like something would happen and she works her way back and gets brought up to the main roster. And then she gets into a tag team. They break up the tag team when in the draft and then she's on Raw. And has she she even been on Raw? She never never wrestled on Raw. Yeah. Not once. And then they're and she's gone. You're like, what the hell? Uh, Drake Maverick. It was it was such a big deal because Drake Maverick after he, he was released previously. And he released like a very just emotional, personal video on Twitter and people really responded to it. He was then brought back to into NXT and then got a run there. Mm-hmm. So then he releases this video. It starts out the same way, but then it transitions and he's like talking to himself. It's really it's really great. Like if you've ever been knocked down, whether it's from a job or so, anything in life. It's fantastic. You should really watch it. It's very personal. It's very real. You know, his his whole thing was like, I, I, I'm not I have a dream to be a professional wrestler, not a WWE superstar. It's it's excellent. But um, I get up again because you you're never going to keep you down. down. Yes. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yes. Very, very good. Um, also, Top Dollar, who is part of Hit Row, just released. Uh, actually a new track uh, and it was just like talking about like how he's got 89 days left on his non-compete clause and he's got to come back again they're really responding there's a lot of really uh, great messages on social media from this it's just Connor crap that we have to keep Matt Chris Killian has snuck into our DMs and he is asking or he's not asking he says we cannot convince him that WWE is not trying to position themselves to be sold Connor theories Mm. It is very hard to argue against that, especially if you look at the overwhelming number of people that have been released, not just in front of the camera, but behind it. We keep hearing about office employees and corporate employees being let go, many of whom people thought they were lifers. Yeah. And here they are going on their way out the door. As for a sale, you know, people will throw around names like Disney or other major media companies, NBC, Universal. There's been no confirmation that there have even been talks about it, but this does feel like we're at least preparing for it. Funny thing about when uh, a few billion dollars gets passed around, it tends to make a little bit of noise and I haven't seen any business insiders going yet. They're talking to Disney and they're, they're talking about selling the whole dang thing to NBC or Fox. Nothing like that yet. If they are selling, which is entirely possible, Vince is in his late seventies and, Maybe he just wants to sell the thing off instead of passing it down to the rest of his family. Who knows? If it does happen, it's still going to be a couple of years away. Yeah. But this feels like we're at least laying the foundation for it. Yeah. Even just from their TV contracts. I mean, they have, that's the thing with, with WWE, right? They have contracts mm-hmm. with all of those companies, almost all of those companies you name. I mean, uh, it's, and because their, their programming is on all of these different platforms, that would at least, 
for the most part, depending on if they sold to one of them, like it would, it would make it very messy. Um, mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I think they are scaling back, but, but this is also, we've talked about this before. This is ramifications from what they did before. Like they went on such, they had a plan to essentially take over independent wrestling. And yeah. then as they are want to do went, meh, <laughs> threw it, threw it all down the chute. And then they were left with a bunch of signed talent and nowhere to put them. And, you know, that was, again, they have a ton of TV. So I'm not saying they couldn't have put them on there, but they ended up with a surplus, right? And they've been hoarding them forever. Like, there's a lot of things that go into this. I don't think it's just sale, but I also could see them doing it. Uh, I want to respond to a commenter, Norin is rad, by saying we would welcome WWE at the excellent Viacom CBS. (laughs) A mountain of entertainment that WWE would simply be another fine peak of. So, Matt, do we do we want to hit 2K22 now or do sure, we yeah, go for it? Now nah, go all in, guys. It's your okay. segment. Nail it. Yeah. Matt, what'd you think of the new trailer that dropped yesterday? If guys, if you haven't seen it yet, uh they announced Wait, 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 wait. I gotta stop you. I almost never interrupt wrestling segments for anything, but you gotta set context here. You have context, to warn you people before you talk to Matt here about any wrestling video game. Here he goes. Uh oh. Yes. Uh, because Kobe, because he, Kobe has a thing where he points out things that I like am proud of. <laughs> Thinks that like there's something to dismiss. Uh, I stand by my review, uh, 110% of 2K20. Oh, yeah. Check I, it I, out. I, I remember this. I have no problem backing up my words. I, I, you, people I was always, if you go back and listen, <laughs> I, no I had your back for your opinion. I just yeah. said it's important to set context. Right. That our reviewer tends to enjoy games like 2K20 and Marvel's Avengers that other yes. people may not stump for, but right. he, he but they are enjoys. But if That's you go and note. read those reviews, uh, all of the issues that people had issues with, like I talk about those. You are oh, yeah. more than welcome to go mm-hmm. check all that coverage out. I, I never well, have a Matt, problem sharing my mind. It is it is what it is. Ju- just, just keep in mind you're defending a game that lost WWE money and was so bad that they had to take a break. De- okay, defending a game is not what I do, though. I back okay. my opinion. My opinion okay. on it was that the copy I played, I cannot mm-hmm. comment. I, have to, I don't know how many times I got to say this. I don't com- I, my job is not to agree with everybody else. That is not my job. My job is mm-hmm. also not to comment on everybody else's experience with something. My job is to comment on mine. <laughs> so if someone else has a different experience with it, I understand completely, but that's not my job. I could care See, less about popularity or about like the I'm mob. sorry. I, I feel I like I have comment. derailed us and spiraled us. He Kofi did. You. Kofi did. But, but between, I have no issue with between it. you, fine. Kofi, between you and Chris in the comments, just the pot just keeps getting stirred right now. Like Matt is all <laughs> oh, fired. By the up way, well, here's the thing, because because Chris brings this up in the comments. Uh, there is revisionist history going on. 2K19 mm. is also not a masterpiece, Chris. So get that trash out of here. That is not the case. <laughs> uh, two, the 2K series has not put out a masterpiece in a very long time. Like, so let's where just, do we like, fall let's now, just boys? Put that down. So he Th- called, this he called looks, me out. This looks, pr- from Matt, just my initial reaction, this looks promising. I love that GM mode is back because you know that's a mode that people have been asking for years, correct me if I'm wrong, we haven't seen it since the SmackDown vs. Raw days. And that's when people go back to those right. games to play it. Well, that's the graphics look great. Edge actually looks like Edge for the first time, maybe ever. <laughs> yeah. No, I even uh, in the trailer, there were a couple of and eh, that looks a little janky. Drew comes to mind with a couple of screenshots. I like that there's at least a story mode this time. There was last time. Yeah, but it's the same mode, Connor. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's literally the same mode. They just combined it with another one. Like my rise is exactly what the story mode was last time. The story mode got knocked down, and you can mm-hmm. also see this in my review for its crap graphics. That was always the issue. But like and the, the hilarious cutscenes of giving right, someone's but like, grandmother there was bed a source. Full full on story mode. And some of those cutscenes, by the way, I actually didn't I didn't hate that story mode as much as other people did. A lot of the problems came in when you actually had the random superstar show up in the story. And it was like, why is X-Pac talking to me in the middle of a, like, it was very odd the way they placed them. And that dialogue tended to be very stilted. The dialogue between the two main characters was actually, was decent in times. Um, So Mm. again, they're just pairing that. They've reworked that. Uh, They've reworked the control scheme. Again, I haven't had hands-on with it uh, yet, but the control scheme 
could solve some problems uh, that were Is there that, a like, releases issues. mode? Is there a what? Releases mode. Uh, I shared a there was a there was a tweet in the Slack channel that I shared because someone actually did a graphic of like WWE releases. Here's the thing: I actually do feel bad um, that uh, I'm not I'm not going to get derailed by Chris because I keep seeing the comments. I'm not going to keep going there. Uh, I do see it uh, in in the game that like there are GM mode is, is a huge thing. That's like that's mm-hmm. a huge. Thing. You can actually do the draft now. You can actually do the WWE draft. Uh, gameplay looks to have been like the graphics themselves look better, but we'll also see because as every year, and you can go back to see slideshows of every year, it is a mixed bag. It always is. There are always people who look spot on. Goldberg looks really good this year. And then there's going to be people you're like, how did they get, who is that? <laughs> I don't know who that is. It happens every single year. Uh, and it's just kind of, uh, they yeah. always put the people that look the best in all yeah. the marketing up front. And then you find out who everybody else looks like later. So uh, it looks it looks promising. Again, no hands-on still, but the modes list, I also actually was very happy to see that unlike NBA 2K22 and pretty much the last couple of releases in that series, that yeah. the VC is not going to be, at least from what they are saying, as extensive it is just relegated to one mode instead of being everywhere. We're not going to have a bunch of microcurrencies going around in that game to buy things and the stuff you can't buy, you can't unlock otherwise. So like there is promising things here, but we will see. I'm just happy because Bailey's in it. Well, there you go. <laughs> see what happens so, when Chris Kaling gets a YouTube alert. I know, right? Now Come let's on. also talk Survivor Series because it is this Sunday, Matthew. And uh, to... to to be frank, the build hasn't been great. If you if you don't follow along, they basically center this show around the battle for brand supremacy between Raw and SmackDown, even though a lot of the wrestlers defending Raw were on SmackDown about a month ago. It's 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 hard to get behind some of that stuff. At least some of the matches look promising. Big E versus Roman Reigns in the main event looks great. Uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch have seemingly taken some possibly real-life animosity and transferred it over to television. There's a lot of stars in the in the two 10-man tag matches. Matt, does anything about this show jump off the page to you? Uh, Roman versus Big E should be good. And here's the thing we say with it. This is one of the best examples of what we talk about with it feels like half of the WWE pay-per-views. The build mm-hmm. has been crap. Yes. The pay-per-view itself will probably be great because half the people on this card are great wrestlers and they will probably have great matches together. Big E versus Roman Reigns, Becky versus Charlotte. Those are going to be great matches. Even the SmackDown versus Raw men's and women's teams are loaded with mm. talent. I'm very happy that Tony Storm is now part of the SmackDown team and you have Shotzi and you have Sasha Banks. Like, There's a lot of great talent on there. And similarly, on Raw, like, there's a lot of good stuff here so i feel like we'll be coming away with like oh these were some really good matches but if i had to call out one build that like stuck out to me i mean you know maybe jeez maybe sonia deville <laughs> sonia deville because like the whole thing that her machinations are behind the reason why tony storm's on the team the naomi Aliyah thing i think honestly if you look at like story beat for story beat that and roman reigns and king woods because mm. that's why biggie's going to be very mad at him right like those stories are the things that really you would care about if you've been watching the shows, but other than that, there's not really a ton of story here. I think the Becky Lynch Charlotte has been so good just because there is that real life animosity between those two. And those have, they've been giving great promos, but they're always good in the ring together. Mm-hmm. They've, they've done this before, right? Like it's not the first time we've seen Becky Lynch and Charlotte together in a match. So they're going to be great. I couldn't agree more. The other thing you kind of have to keep an eye on is this is the 25th anniversary of The Rock's WWE debut. It's at the Barclays Center. He may or may not be on the other side of the world right now filming Young Rock. I I can't seem to get a straight answer on that one. So we might get some sort of appearance from him. And if we do, Matt, do we get even the slightest tease of a Roman feud? The thing that everyone seems to be asking both of them forever. It's the Andrew Garfield question, right? Now. <laughs> Way to bring it like, full circle. It's kind God. of the same thing. <laughs> um, if he shows, and by the way, I don't think he actually shows, but 
if if we actually it's get a video appearance, it's a video. Yeah, it's something, right? He's got like he's promoting his nineteen hundred movies. So if if he shows, it's a video. And if we get a video, though, I do think some subtle little fun shot. Yes, because otherwise, why does he come? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I just don't see other than just getting that momentary pop. I. I don't think rock comes like just from rock's perspective. I don't think he comes back for that. It would have to be a Cena yeah. thing where you're like, I'm going to come back for a small little thing at time, but it's going to mean something like I need to do something with it at this point in his career. So if you're going to do that, yeah, I think you build to Roman, but I don't know. Jim, Jim's does. down in the comments. I don't think rocks coming down to save Roman. That, that just doesn't seem like uh, they did like that, that last time and it went horribly. Yeah, yeah, way, way back when. Yeah, that uh, rock got booed. The oh, rock. Yeah, remember, there's that famous photo of him holding up Roman's hand. He's kind of looking around like, what's yeah, this reaction I'm hearing right now? This is new. <laughs> rock doesn't get booed unless he wants to get booed. And he got yeah. booed during that thing. So, yeah, I don't think he comes to give another rub. I think they're going at each other, which is honestly the best rub he can give. Well, uh, and I did not say the word I was going to say afterwards because phrasing. (laughs) Brother, that was still phrasing. I don't know if what you heard. No, 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 no. It could have been worse. Trust me. It could have been worse. Kofi, (laughs) it's so much worse. They're talking about big meaty men slapping meat down in the comments. I saw that one in the comments. I didn't bring that up. (laughs) The phrasing cannot be escaped. And obviously you've not seen Big E's famous promo where he campaigns for a Goldberg match using that exact expression. Yeah. (laughs) We we have broken the host. I'm unzipped. (laughs) Wrestling. I'm dead unzipped. My goodness. Is there any more to wrestling you guys want to add? That that is all there is, and I will bid you all adieu. Thanks for having me on. Connor pops in, (laughs) drops the knowledge, pops out. That's how we do. Comicbook.com. All right, guys. uh, So we're still here. Uh, Matt, before we move on to comics, I think we got time just to talk. You wanted to talk about multiverses, and this is interesting. So uh, let's let's get into this just real quick, and then we're going to move on to comics. Yeah, yeah. So this has been uh, one of the worst kept secrets uh, in gaming for a minute. Um, so multiverses is the uh, Warner Brothers. I mean, honestly, it's like Smash Brothers. It's DCWB Smash Brothers. It's it's all of their characters. The the roster screen was leaked ahead of time. Uh, there was just a lot of bad. So they finally revealed it. It's got uh, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo taking <laughs> on uh, Game of Thrones character. I know Jack about Game of Thrones. <laughs> so what? I don't know who it is. I've said it's that. It's Arya Stark. Thank if you. If anybody is on Glass Stealing, we still have our post for a show host who has seen uh, all the major things. It has, it has <laughs> Superman. It has Wonder Woman, Batman. Um, and they're going all out in this, too, because they actually, what I respect is actually they didn't just get the characters, which would and be Aria Stock, but they actually got like a lot of the voice actors, and I don't know if this is that way for Aria. I didn't actually see her because they did like a a slow reveal of like who would be voicing people, but like Kevin Conroy's back as Batman, like Matthew Lillard is Shaggy. Like they actually went all out. Tom and Jerry are in this game, and I am stoked because Tom is a mage. Of course, he's a freaking mage. Our buddy Half Send Josh confirms that Maisie Williams of uh, Game of Thrones will be voicing Arya. Thank you, Half Send Josh. Um, so yeah, so it, it it looks really fun, and I just love like I we've talked about when we talked about Space Jam, we talked about like IP coming together, and like some people hated that like all those different characters were there. I that was part of the fun of it for me was that they were all in one place and they were having fun with their library. So I'm game for this. We've seen a bunch of people come into this space, though, and no one ever seems to be able to stick around. Like the closest is like Brahalla of like a fun Smash Brothers style game that is not Nintendo and it sticks around. Like most of them have tried and they just never feel as Def good. Def Jam, King of New York. I'm hoping this one. Yeah, but that doesn't feel like Smash Brothers. I know, Brothers. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I love that game though. But like mm-hmm. this one I'm hoping sticks because it has the backing yeah. of somebody. Uh, PlayStation All-Stars was supposed to be that, and it, and it did. So I'm hoping for this one. It's crazy that nobody can create another Smash Brothers. It's weird. Oh, man. All right. So that is happening in gaming. You have a lot more stuff we are not Yeah, yeah, we don't have time for it. Wrestling uh, we're gonna with Mog, that's Kofi's fault. <laughs> <laughs> How is that my fault? Oh, I you did start. Yeah, yeah you yeah, started. I might have started some stuff. I've had a couple days <laughs> off this week, man. I, I got I got time to, to get back to my instigating, instigating ways. Uh, it's it. good to recenter, you know? Um, so comics, let's talk comics this week. We had a good variety 
Uh, you had some quick comic news you want to make people aware of? Yeah, we can skip that. We'll, we'll I'll go through that next time. I mean, Dark Horse partnering with, with uh, Star Wars is pretty big news. It, it's a it's a pretty big deal. I mean, look, Marvel got the license for all the Star Wars stuff, and and people, longtime Star Wars comics people, uh, including me, because I really loved some of the Dark Horse stuff, were bummed. Uh, now they've entered into a new agreement. Again, this does not mean that Marvel's Star Wars comics are stopping. It's just a an addition to. Yeah, uh, but they're going to be doing IDW an all also. age. Yeah, IDW they're going to be doing all-age Star, Star Wars, Wars so, comics, yeah. uh, a lot like IDW publishing is done. Um, they're going to be – they have everything open to them. So from the press release, they can be in any era, any time. Like, they've, they have a very much an open policy on that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Dark Horse has some great talent. Yeah, I mean, if you guys don't know, if you're, like, a new-age comic fan, I mean, in the 90s, like, Dark Horse was that thing, and – Oh, I gotta be careful. I know some stuff about. Oh, oh man, I know some stuff about Dark. Oh, I gotta be boy. really careful right now. Stark. Um, yeah. Sometimes I forget. I too am cursed by knowledge, Stark. Um, yeah, but they're trying to. Dark Horse is making some moves behind the scenes, and I know a few things that they're trying to do. But um, yeah, they were the guys that were smart, and it, and it's made. It's funny because it makes their business very good, and now very hard in this era because they were the ones who, before anybody thought about like franchise universes and all that went around and bought up all the licensing mm-hmm. to like all those different brands to like yeah. star Wars, Robocop, Buffy. Terminator, Buffy, yeah. like all that stuff. And, and they made real universes out of this stuff. And they were great by the way. Yeah. And people were like really hardcore in now everybody eventually was like, Oh, we can make money off this too. And then like came back and took back their toys. And now dark horse is trying to figure out its way in this yeah, new alien predator. Everybody all that wants stuff to own to their own IP universes. So like, yeah, so it's kind of funny, but yeah. I know some more stuff, but I can't speak. Oh, boy. Yeah. I I don't Brandon Davis on here and not, you know, often, (laughs) but I I do know some stuff about some stuff. But that's good. I'm all for that. And I can't even hate Marvel's Star Wars stuff has been great. I've really enjoyed it. I don't want that tent. So I actually saw this and went, oh, no, does that mean like we're not going to get any more Dr. Afro? We're not getting more. And it was like, oh, yay. Okay. So we get in addition to it's honestly a win win across the board. Um, And then also real quick, this will bum Janelle out. Marvel I'm so mad. A new Sorcerer Supreme will be coming after Death of Doctor Strange. Now, the title, of course, is something that Marvel has played with a lot, like Death of and stuff. But that doesn't always mean they're actually going to kill the person or whatever. Uh, but in this case, it seems that while Strange probably is not going to die, I imagine, we will get a new Sorcerer Supreme stepping in. We've had this before, uh, you know, but in this case, it's just always it always boggles my mind when Marvel does this, though. It's like, hey, there are more fans of this character than ever. Let's completely change their status quo. <laughs> and it's like they did the same thing with Scarlet Witch and Trial and everything. And like they just have this habit of like, this person's, we're just going to rework them from the ground up. It's like, why? People like the character. Just let them introduce them to the character, but like, don't completely throw them into a new thing. Like, just let them like what they, I don't know. I think it's more of like they're like, the kids' purse is popular now. Oh God, we need like another twelve years of IP to like <laughs> feel know. like we got to get in you know comics. It's a uh, for every three i for every ten ideas, you got three that might be able to work as like a movie idea. Yeah, and like the Iron Fist thing, like where they're changing Iron Fist, like that that's cool, right? But that doesn't feel like it's a knee jerk reaction to oh that character got really popular. Like yeah, it just feels like oh that's something that they're working on and and is interesting. Here it's just like Doctor Strange is huge, and we're gonna have the sequel. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I just, oh, God. I oh, Matt. Yeah, I know. I know. That one was bad. All right. Uh, real quick. If we're going through comic news, I'm just going to hit this one real quick because I'm excited. Uh, DC announces the Aquaman team up series. I'm all about Aquaman uh, and that family. And they're all uniting in one book. Brandon Peterson. I'm done. All right. So let's move into comics. Yes, uh, please. Because we have a lot to talk about. So uh, newbie and the Amazons number two. I remember uh, when we talked about it last time that we we actually really did this series. Uh, there was a lot of um, really like a lot of new ground on the mascara and the amazons kind of their history and all this stuff and this issue continues that trend like we get an introduction to like a whole other area of the island and kind of what it's for and it's just it's just really interesting like character stuff but then it kind of keeps building this lore and it's honestly a lot of lore that like i didn't know was missing like until Mm -hmm. someone like pointed like starts laying it out i'm like oh that's really cool that's really interesting idea um and we also get movement on like the villain and we get to see like there's there's some really interesting Literally. things that happen in here. Yes. Um, 
And so I, I'm continuing to just really love the Wonder Woman side of DC's universe lately because uh, they're doing some great work there. And this is, to me, continues that. What did you guys think? Uh, this was my favorite of yeah. this. Yeah, I really love this for like I just love the way that the women are portrayed and they're just there's it's a diverse group of women with so many different like backgrounds and I love that they kind of dive into the backstories uh, or the memories that some of them contain of their life prior yes. that is so I don't know that's really interesting to me um and obviously like the villain is just super cool because even if you're not you know I feel like everybody knows this villain I'm not trying to spoil but it's just it's really cool like I I thought this was very well done and beautiful as usual mm -hmm. it's just beautiful job of depicting women's bodies <laughs> gorgeous women <laughs> with you two today <laughs> what, uh, what? Uh, guys, I know what you guys need to do this weekend. Anyway, what did you, moving on. What did you think, Kofi? Um, I, I think that Nubia is probably, while I think Yara Floor is still my favorite Wonder Woman character, first of all, I'm going to say that Wonder Woman universe right now is the strongest in DC outside of the Batman universe. Yep. Uh, I agree. By far. Yeah. Second of all, Yara Floor is still my favorite single character. I agree. But um, <laughs> Nubia is the strongest written of the Wonder Woman books. Mm. And I think it's a spot on perfect comic book that I'm just realizing listening to you guys actually is very cleverly doing. It's basically lost redressed as a wonder woman story. Um, oh. And it's kind of what they're doing here and, and they're stealing from lost in the best way because they're combining these different story elements, you know, this personal character journey of who this woman is trying to be in this new role. She finds herself in. Um, the, like you said, the flashback memories, adding new context that deepen the mystery. And, and this, this book plays with dramatic irony really well, which is where we, the audience know stuff that the characters don't. And that like shapes, you know, how we view things and makes it exciting. Um, he, and yes, this ominous threat that's like slow moving <laughs> through the populace and creeping ever closer uh, under in plain sight, while also this mystery about, you know, Doom's doorway and this larger threat that's taking shape. And they, and it, this book balances all of those things wonderfully and also making Nubia distinct. And you don't lose your central character because yeah. her trying to be like the right kind of queen is very good. And you even get this little arc. These books feel like they do a lot in just one right. issue. Yeah. And like, I'm just beginning to remember all the layers of like, and how many people get stories in this book and how complete mm -hmm. those stories feel for a single issue. Right. Um, yeah. Cause she also fought with her old friend in the whole warrior thing. Like, yeah. So yeah, I mean, this book is very rich and, and like Janelle said, and it does the best of really showing you how Amazon's function in, in their society in a, in a kind of modern realistic way with like, that feels like these women are real and like their interactions are real and even just small things. Like we don't sensationalize when any two Amazons sleep together. It's like, yes, that's a logical part of all this. And you know, there's just like just little comments about like, Hey, where were you? I was alone in bed and like, blah, blah, blah. And you know, and it all just feels like a very lived in rich world yeah. where something mm -hmm. big is happening and there's still an immediate threat that's happening. So like, yeah, yeah. just things to keep repelling you. So Nubia don't sleep and don't yeah. sleep on wonder girl either. Cause Yara floors book is also awesome. So you, yeah, I, great things. Yeah, I know me and Janelle were kind of like, yeah, no, I agree. But like, that is like uh, across the board. I, I do feel like wonder woman is just, it's about damn time. Yeah. It feels finally feels like it's this, treated with respect world and it's full and it's we've been waiting for years for that to happen for the character you know um but also i i agree with what you said because like without going into like spoilers of there's actually real stakes here because you get attached to some of these people in a very short amount of time and then when things happen to them you're like no, like you actually, I, there was a couple of times in here. I went, no, I like them. And like, yeah. <laughs> like, no. And it's amazing that this is just two issues. You know, they've done a lot of work and they make you care about these people that did not get spotlights in other books. So it's not like you have all this history. You really get to know these people in a really interesting, relatable way. So yeah, I, I love that. Um, so moving over to Marvel, uh, we got to talk about Moon Knight. Uh, Moon Knight, again, just like uh, Jed McKay and, uh, Cappuccino are just killing this book. Uh, I just before we move on, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but before we move on, I also want to point out that Wonder Woman in this Nubia book is like one comic I can think of 
in popular mainstream comics that literally has like no male characters whatsoever. And yeah. never even pops You're into right. my brain until I just like had to step back and think about it now. And I wasn't like, I wish there was a dude in here. Like it, it's just all female characters and really compelling, awesome stuff. So, man, you know, I didn't realize that till now. Yeah, <laughs> There's like, yeah, I was like, oh, man, that's true. Yeah, no, I don't even you don't need it. No, like it, it's, it's all good. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, good point. Uh, so now there are male characters in Moon Knight. <laughs> so we're not moving to that same thing. Uh, but again, what, what this book has done really well is explore just through little revelations. Uh, you know, he's in therapy. You find out why, by the way, that he's in therapy, which you kind of assumed anyway, but like you find out why. I, and that's part of what I love about this is that slowly but surely, like this book is addressing all the things that have come before in previous series and is finding new ways to spin them. And here is the biggest thing of like a, dealing with the age of Conchu stuff that happened in Avengers, right? Which I remember I did not like as much because I, I had such big high hype for that series and it, and it just didn't quite live up to that. Uh, but you're, it's awesome to see McKay kind of work with that and find interesting things in there to continue to develop Mark. Um, and there's this whole conversation about like him being why he wears the mask in therapy and like why he doesn't take it off. And you've only seen him take it off once in this whole series, which is with Tigra in that one moment. Um, and again, like there's this great, he, he gives this great explanation as just so full of like, it's just so rich. And it deals with like uh, the previous run uh, from Max and like his kid and like, oh, there's just so much there. And they're just talking. Like, that's not even like the action stuff, which like comes in later. Like this book has just done a really good job of balancing that stuff and continually finding new things to explore Mark's psyche. Um, and we haven't even gotten all the other personalities yet. Like, it's just it's mind boggling to me that we're still here. We're already at issue five and we really haven't seen Lockley. We haven't seen a ton of Spectre. We haven't seen like there's just so much there. So I came away just really happy with this book again. Um, I, it's one of my favorites every month beyond the fact that I just love Moon Knight. Like it's be, it's one of my favorite Marvel books, but what'd you guys think? Connecting this kind of back, uh, to entertainment. Uh, this is like, you know, there've been a mob films all the time. And then one day you got the Sopranos and this is like Moon Knight given the Sopranos treatment, like, and it actually works very kind of well. It's about this guy in kind of, you know, I think, it's also kind of interesting to talk about up against the Nubia book because we were talking about, you know, what Nubia has done with like, you know, putting female characters in the spotlight in a way that you don't even question or know it or think about it. But it is a sign of, you know, progress. And I think Moon Knight is a character who has been kind of weirdly fetishized for his mental illness and playing with things like dissociative personality disorder and all that. But now kind of in our new context, as we society changes and our attitudes about mental illness change and, and how we view these things. Like this is the first time I've seen an issue and this very much is Sopranos because it's Moon Knight doing crazy stuff. Plus him talking to his therapist, which is like an episode of Tony Soprano in a nutshell. Um, but the writing for this and the character writing and for this was pretty spectacular. And I was like, Oh man. Cause I was like, you are hinging this all on a conversation with this therapist. And if this doesn't come to some kind of good point, <laughs> Like, this is all going to suck. Like, but you get to this part at the end where he does kind of culminate and finally open up and come clean and, and about who he is. And and it's weird to see Moon Knight dealing with everything from, like, Judaism to yeah. mental health to, like, yeah, and just or like or capitalism and all the things he's done in the name of money and like all that stuff and faith falling away from his faith because of the money. Like, you don't expect to see these deep you know, philosophical happenings in a Moon Knight book, which yeah. again, usually fetishizes this guy, his mental illness and all the weird stuff you can do with the mysticism, the mental illness and all that other stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, this got deep and it was, it, it made me respect Moon Knight as a deeper, more complex character without all the gimmicks of having to have the personalities and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think it, it's a good first step to, getting to Mark Spector first, and then we can begin to kind of flesh out who these personalities are and, and, and give them more, I know it was a terrible wording, but give these personalities more personality and distinction right. in who they are and why they are and all that stuff. So yeah. good stuff in this Moon Knight book. Janelle, what you think? 
It's a lot. Uh, I'm just going to be really honest. Like I didn't, I didn't really get it. I was kind of like, what? I don't, this is boring. Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't have, seriously, I was not about it. And then I just listened to Kofi paint this like beautiful picture of like what I probably should have been understanding about the whole thing. And then I realized I kind of missed the point with Moonlight in the previous books. So I think that I'm going to go back and read it again with the context of knowing what Kofi said and, you know, the mental illness and all that stuff, because I, I really don't know Moon Knight's backstory at all. Uh, so after you do that, join me on this farm and compound and drink this Kool-Aid that I will serve you too. <laughs> it is I very, will. very, it's a uh, very tasty. And then we're all going to catch this rocket ship. <laughs> I will. I will. And that's what I think that I'm looking forward to. Like you said, like the gimmicks, right? Like I feel like in the previous books, like I was just excited about the action, his costume. So cool. I love this like God aspect of like this Egyptian God, like all of that stuff was really cool. I think I missed the point of who he is with these multiple personalities and all of that. And so now it's, it's up to me to kind of do the like deep dive to understand this character a little bit better. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting point. Yeah. Absolutely. I just realized um, we are running out of time. So yes, we are. So we got to run through, uh, got to run through this last one uh, real quick. Uh, Wonder Woman evolution. Uh, was the poll, uh, poll book. Thank you guys very much. Uh, and this one um, kind of deal, this one deals with Diana and it's a straight up uh, story. I mean, if you've been reading some of the other Wonder Woman books over the, like the last two years, you will know who Vanessa is, uh, Silver Swan and, and kind of their story. So this kind of brings it, brings her back into the forefront. And uh, there's a lot of like, you know, she was someone who really looked up to to Diana because she was there for her in her time of need when like she couldn't walk. And then the things that like powers her now is the thing that was like able to let her walk. But Diana had other responsibilities. So like there's there's a lot of that as the kind of the centerpiece. And then we also bring in like this big thing towards the end that seems to kind of tie into where she was after death metal and kind of her new role in the universe, or at least it seems to suggest that there's a lot going on here. I enjoyed this. Um, I, I, it's not Nubia level, right. And it wasn't moon Knight level. Cause I just read really good books this week. Uh, but it's still like, I still enjoyed it. Um, it just didn't have all of those layers that I was looking for. What'd you guys think? Oh, uh, I we gotta be really quick. I thought the story was just okay. Some of it felt like a rehash of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I didn't like I hated the artwork. Like I really I couldn't stand oh, it. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I was into it. I thought it was cool. It was to me a quick read. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's about it. That'll do it. That's it. Confirmation. We gotta get out of here because we are streaming now on Paramount Plus. So we gotta keep this short to a certain time segment. So we can actually stream on Paramount Plus. So check us out there Saturday night. CT Live will be a uh, part of that. Also, if you're into the show, follow us at Comic Book Nation on Twitter. Download us from your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And if you like the show, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, we will be back next week. And uh, check us out then. This is Comic Book Nation, and we'll see you guys later. Peace. Bye, guys.